Man, we're nerds. That's confirmed. Lots of good episodes. Got a whole page of good stuff. Cinematic masterpiece. Cinematography. Got half a page of nitpicks. Feel like we've grown as a podcast. Like a fungus. This is good because it makes me think. Just the creativity of putting this together. It's a science experiment. And it's going to be funny. Fun for the whole family. The most professional podcast on the internet. Keep doing whatever makes you a discerning geek. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Now recording. Welcome back, Discerning listeners, to an extra special episode of the Discerning Geeks Portal. I feel like I need one of those like news teletype. <laughs> Hot off the presses, the Discerning Geeks are fresh off of watching a pre-release of Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves and we are here to give you a spoiler free review. This is not a spoiler but probably we're all going to tell you why you should go see it. (laughs) But yes, I am David and I am here with my friends and compatriots Todd and Preston. How are you guys doing this evening? Good, good. I'm great. Awesome. Yep, we got a chance to go see this a little less than, actually it was right at a week ago, and Todd actually got to see it twice. Not a lot! Did you see it again? Was it today? Yeah, yeah. Today, so fresh on his mind, as he's got to see it twice, and that should tell you something if we've already seen it twice and it's not even officially in theaters worldwide, nationwide yet. Todd, let's start with you. You've seen it twice. What did you think about Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. It's such a relief to finally get a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) I I was starting to think, am I just getting that grumpy in my old age that I just dislike everything? But no, I'm feeling really good about this movie. I, I was hoping it would be good. I wanted to like it. But I was also preparing myself to, to be disappointed, but I was hearing good buzz, went into it, and sure enough, yes, it is a very good movie. And we'll we'll go into more detail. We're going to try to, I think you said you want to kind of keep this non-spoiler. That might be a little bit of a challenge, but yeah, so I can go into more detail, but such a relief that this is a great movie, and I can go into detail later just how great. All right, Preston, what'd you think? It's solid. Nice. Setups and payoffs. It's a solid movie. It's cast well and acted well. The sets look great. The puppets look great. There are puppets. It's not all just CG. Uh, We have have puppet people, and that's awesome. And there's a lot of great camera work, a lot of great shots. And it is as good as you would want a a D&D movie to be. Nice. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb. Maybe not too far. To me, this is the best movie that has been released since COVID. So we're going on three years now. The only thing that maybe even comes close was the Top Gun movie. Todd wasn't a big fan. uh, Doesn't even care about Top Gun, so I don't even know if he saw it. But that was about the only other movie that's even come close to the enjoyment I had watching this movie. And the entertainment value and and really feeling like, hey, somebody out there is trying to make good movies again. And yeah, so this was my top movie probably of the past three years. Todd, have you got anything that's come out in the last, since COVID that beats this one? 
Well, it's funny that you asked that. I will see your since COVID and I will raise you a since 2019. Ooh. And what yeah. do you put up against it in 2019? Do you remember? Uh, nothing. It's still winning as far back as 2019. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's to beat it. I've got to go back to 2018 to Avengers Infinity War. Okay. And we were just talking about the Avengers movies before we went online. And Dave, I know you disagree with that, but yeah, yeah. Avengers Infinity War is my favorite Marvel movie. And uh, that's the only thing that beats it. And if I go back to 2017, I think Dungeons and Dragons still is in my top five. But yeah, I've got to go back that far to to get movies that beat it. Nice, nice. Now, to be fair, I feel like that's kind of a low bar. We just haven't had, Mm -hmm. like, over the last three, four, five years, it feels like a whole lot of quality. So I I don't want to diminish this because I will say that even then this is a quality movie, you know, putting it up against some of those, those big hitters, like some of the Avengers movies and things like that. This is, this is up there. This is a great movie. I didn't mean to cut you off Preston. What else you got for me? I, I would say I particularly enjoy glass onion. I thought that that was a really great movie. It, it got a small theatrical release. Uh-huh. And there have been some quality uh, releases on uh, streaming and in the horror field that I feel come close. But in terms of just this is your popcorn movie, this is your blockbuster, you know, it, this is what you want. I agree. All right, so we're all D&D fans. That's the number one reason that we probably went and saw this movie. But there's been some not-so-great D&D movies in the past and left us kind of wanting. So without getting into too many spoilers, if we can, what 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 about this D&D movie makes it good? What, what What's the D&D part of it that makes it entertaining? And Todd, you just saw it, so I'm going to let you. Okay, so you mentioned Dungeons & Dragons movies, plural. Um, I think there have been three before this. Uh, yep. One came out in the early 2000s. I think that might have been the only other one that was on the big screen because I only know of the other two through Wikipedia. <laughs> so I'm guessing that they were probably either uh, on cable or streaming or direct to DVD or something like that. I don't think they were in the theaters. And if so, I, I missed them. <laughs> uh, so this was the first one that I, I was kind of wanting to go back to. I don't remember much about that first Dungeons and Dragons movie, except that it didn't feel that much like Dungeons and Dragons. This does. It really, it really does kind of delve into the world in the game. It has a lot of nice little references that players of the game will recognize, which are kind of nice, but you don't require knowledge of the game in order to enjoy it. I've watched a few reviews on YouTube and some people who have never played Dungeons and Dragons still enjoyed it. I'm thinking especially of Dan Merle and Grace Randolph, two kind of big names in the, in the YouTube movie review space. And they've never played Dungeons and Dragons and they still love the movie. And so they were able to enjoy it without having to understand all the references. In fact, Grace Randolph was like, yeah, every once in a while people say, Ooh, they, they said the thing, they showed the thing. And she was like, okay, whatever. I'm still in it, but I don't know what you're talking about. But for those of, of us that have played the game, there was a lot of that there. And it was there without 
pandering. It was there without resorting to member berries as, as uh, South Park once did a thing on. In fact, I've never seen that episode, but I've heard about it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I felt like they struck the right balance of saying, yes, this is based on Dungeons and Dragons, but it's still a movie first. No, I agree. I think that it was a good movie and it told a good story. But then for those of us with a little bit of that geek culture and know some of the, the lingo, it was just fun to see the places on the screen. It was fun to see the characters on the screen. It was fun to see the monsters, you know, on the screen when you're having to, to fight displacer beasts <laughs> and dragons and gelatinous cubes and mimics and those who play dungeons and dragons these just automatically pop up visions in their mind and to see the characters interact with those creatures and and having to 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 go through some of the same things that we kind of play through when we're playing a, an adventure um, and then traveling to the places Icewind Dale, it's the Underdark, it's, you know, they, they, it's all of the, the lingo. Um, and then talking about some of the spells and, and how they work and the different characters and their classes and the different bads, the big bads and, and things like that. It was, it just adds to the fun and it adds to the, the, the nostalgia and everything that's going on with it. Preston, what about you? How'd you feel about the, the D and D components? Uh, again, they, they took the character classes and made, gave them motivation first and foremost, because you need, you need motivation in D and D. Then they gave them story and then they gave them lines in my mind. I think that's how they set it up. Yeah. Which is is totally a Dungeons and Dragons thing, and there are moments in the movie where you can tell that like this script was definitely like, there. There are rumors about the uh, Stranger Things uh, scripts that they're all written like Dungeons and Dragons games, where the creators will just sit around and play D anD D in their little homebrew game, yep. and then write the scripts around the the session. And that that's what this movie feels like is someone had a D and D rulebook set, and they sat down with some screenwriters. They played a game, and then the screenwriters filled in the dialogue. Well, and mm. I will even say, kind of from the a little bit of the game master perspective, and I remember we were talking about this movie as we left and had dinner talking about it. I could, I felt like there were moments in the movie that were from like the, the DM perspective, you could tell the characters were getting a little off the rails. They were going a little wild. And to me that felt fun because it wasn't a scripted story. It wasn't a, I mean, it was, it's a movie. It's great. But a lot of times when you, you try to translate like a D and D session into something that would be like a movie, it's like, no, these are the key elements and you have to make sure the characters follow the steps and do all the things. There were moments in this where it was like, oh my goodness, if somebody was 
you know, the, the game master here, dungeon master here, these characters are going nuts and they're, they're, he's having to try to rein them in in some way, shape or form, or try to get them back to a place that's even reasonable in the, the nature of the story that he wants to tell. But overall, the story was still so fun. And it was those elements that kind of, of going off the rail that added to it and made it even more fun. So uh, I really, I really loved it. Um, See, I, 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 I think I would push back a little bit on, on both of your points. With, but there again, now I've never been a game master. So, so Dave, you, you might know more about this than I do. But to me, I felt like if this had been some people sitting around playing D and D and then they're like, all right, take notes. And as we play the game, we'll make a movie out of it. I, I don't think I would have watched that movie. And I don't think it would have turned out very well way back in, I think episode 10, when we reviewed the first book in the Dragonlance mm-hmm. series, that was one of my issues with it is that it felt well, I kind of had like a little bit of love hate with that one. I like the fact that it I could tell that it was based on a role playing game and I could feel those elements. The problem is I felt like they went too far with it. And if I remember correctly from something that you or Dave Teague told me or something I read online, at least that first book really was done as a campaign of the writers sitting around playing Dungeons and Dragons. And then they wrote the novel about it. And I felt like that ended up being the weakness because I could feel the weak spots in the campaign turn into weak spots in the story. And I wanted a book, not just 300 pages of campaign notes. <laughs> this movie is not two hours and so and so and so minutes of campaign notes. This is a movie. It, there might be parts of it that are structured like a, a role playing game campaign. And Dave, you might have recognized those elements, but just as. Preston was saying it's solid. I think this movie is also tight. Tight and solid. That's my nickname at the gym. There might have been a few spots here and there where I I might have thought, okay, it's slowing down a little bit. We're kind of getting a little sideways. And it didn't take long before they got back on track. I think this is a very tight script. And I think it's a movie first before anything else. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fair. I, I I would... I would say, oh, okay. There, there's one instance at the very beginning that definitely feels like the DM screaming at the characters. Hmm, okay. And, and then there's one character that definitely feels like, here's your guide for this part of the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. There is kind of a little bit of a, you know, hey, let me get you guys kind of where you need to be. Um, and it kind of felt like that a little bit in the movie. But to me, that adds to the the fun it adds to the hey this is a D movie and that's what it's supposed to have and that's what you need sometimes so all right without spoilers too much was there a favorite nostalgic moment a character that you saw a creature type character that you just were like kind of almost giddy to see on the screen, maybe a, a magical item, anything D and D ish that you were just kind of like, Ooh, 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 that's cool. It, it was great to see the displacer beast given proper respect. <laughs> I did love the displacer beast. I, I, that it, was awesome. it, One of those monsters that depending on when you get into the game is either like the end game monster for your campaign, or you're just like, there's a displacer beast now that the you know red wizard has 
and you have to deal with the Red Wizard and the Displacer Bees. Right. It, it's just great to see the Displacer Bees given respect, treated as the threat that it is or would be in reality. I, I enjoyed that. Todd, what about you? Wait, can you guess mine? I think I can. <laughs> it, it's it's the Druid. Uh, uh, <laughs> first of all, I, I I don't think this is a, a spoiler. This is about very broad character structure, but it would be very almost too classic of them to go fighter, wizard, cleric, rogue. They didn't do that. Instead, they went bard, barbarian, sorcerer, druid, and they kind of mixed things up and showed you some of the, you know, kind of second string. I don't know how, what you would call them, but like the, the less traditional classes that have worked their way into equal status in the game, but didn't start off that way in some of the earlier versions of the game. Uh, so I love the fact that the druid is highlighted. She's probably the best character. It shows off just how awesome Wild Shape is as a power. In fact, if I, I I do have some quibbles with the movie, and one of them is that Wild Shape and the things that the Druid does with Wild Shape are so cool in the movie that they kind of break some rules, and so they do kind of get away from the game a little bit because there's no way that the coolest moments of the Druid would be able to be pulled off within the bounds of the rules in the game itself. They That's one of those things where, yeah, they made it a movie first, but they kind of had to go a step further in the movie and say, okay, we're totally breaking the rules of the game. But anyway, yes, the Druid is the best character. One of the best sequences in the movie is her using multiple wild shapes. Uh, she uses wild shapes at other really key times in the movie. It does make her the, the coolest character. I kind of want to talk later. It's maybe at some point about the ending of the movie and how great the ending is. And she kind of has a key moment in the ending. So yeah, it's, it's definitely the use of the Druid in the movie. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, and, um, and the reason why is the Druid is my favorite class. Wild shape is my favorite power. And I played a Druid for 10 levels uh, a few years ago when COVID first started for me. And it was just that moment. And it's very short, and I would encourage anybody who doesn't even know what I'm talking about to do just a little quick Google search before they go see this and look up the old Dungeons & Dragons cartoon and watch one or two episodes. They're 20 minutes long. It's not going to take you very much time at all. <laughs> but I just had to laugh and and felt this warmth in my heart when they run into these characters that I don't even know if they even had a line but were mm -hmm. the traditional Dungeons and Dragons cartoon cast barbarian mage all in their costumes just like they were in the the the, the cartoon if you don't know what I'm talking about when you see it on the screen, you're not going to know it because it's just there for a moment and, and you kind of see them a couple of times and then they're gone and they don't play a part really in the movie. But to me, it was an homage to the long history and life of Dungeons and Dragons and where it all came from with cartoons and things like that. So I thought it was great. 
I loved it. it. It really made me laugh. And the other part was a gelatinous cube because how would you ever use a gelatinous cube in a movie? And they came up with a way and it was kind of like, that's kind of cool. The fact that they came up with a way to use this crazy creature that is iconic in Dungeons and Dragons. It's kind of unique <laughs> and not very, I, I would say not normally what we would consider a very cinematic creature. No, no. It, it just doesn't lend itself well to like, oh, super cinema and things like that. But they, they found a way to to incorporate it. And I thought that was really cool. I'm with you, Todd. I think the story was great. I'm not going to mm-hmm. give a whole lot of details. I enjoyed the characters. I thought the characters were well-defined. And, and it even left a little room. And we're going to talk kind of before we wrap up on where do we go from here. Is there anything else we need to that you guys wanted to talk about or discuss on kind of why we like this movie? It borrows a lot from the the Avengers structure. Ooh. If if I can uh, make a comparison, Th- there are a lot of things that are done to kind of pay off at the end. Which I mean, that's, that's general movie making anyway. But there's one particular scene that was done that way entirely to pay, to set up a joke at the very end of the movie. Structurally, it, it does everything that it needs to do to tell the story it intends to tell. There are well-defined character arcs that are resolved, and that's very important. Every, almost every character in this movie gets a solid resolution to their problem by the end. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, there are definitely character arcs, and yeah, it, it definitely handled all that very well. I think that's what kind of makes it good, is that there, there's not a bunch of dangling plot threads to be tied up. There, there are a few, but it, it's not like, oh, this the, the, there's just obvious sequel bait in every scene. Here's a bunch of things to comb through to, to find the, the sequel bait. Which I think is a good thing. Less okay. Okay. sequel bait, the better. Todd, anything else? Any of those other things you want to talk about? Yeah, so story-wise, uh, Preston's mentioned quite a bit of setup and payoff. I think when it comes to setup and payoff, maybe this movie isn't quite as good at just paying off every single thing it sets up the way Back to the Future Part 1 does. That's like the epitome of Every second you set something up, later on you're paying it off. This movie may not be quite that tight, but man, it's close. Because it does drop some moments in there that aren't just logistical payoff, but emotional payoff. Uh, and I'll get more to, to the emotional part in a minute, but it's, or, or, or maybe I will say it right now. This movie has a great ending. And a lot of movies that are great in the beginning and the middle don't have a great ending. And this has a great ending. And by ending, I don't necessarily mean the last minute or something like that. But I'm talking about the last 10, 15, 20 minutes, the the overall kind of third act. And it's great because, and again, I won't go into spoilers, but it just has such great payoff. It has great ways of using magic and character development and paying off character moments and kind of bookending uh, the very end of the movie to the very beginning of the movie. And uh, and the emotional payoff is there because the first time that we watched this together, 
there was something that happened at the end. Again, I won't say what it is, but it kind of got me a little bit teary-eyed. And I'm thinking, okay, this is a movie about a role-playing game. It hits all those beats of, of paying homage to the game. It's fun. It's funny. And here I am getting teared up at the end of a Dungeons & Dragons movie. How is this possible? Went to go see it today. I cried even more the second time. I thought, surely, <laughs> because I know what's coming, it won't hit me the same. It hit me harder. I don't know how it happened. I, I actually, I won't say I like outright sob, but I shed a few tears. And so this movie has emotional payoff, and it's not necessarily what you would expect out of this type of movie. And it gives it to you anyway. Uh, so not only, you know, we already talked a little bit about how this is one of the best movies in the last three, four, five years. Not only that, but, you know, I put stuff into a spreadsheet to get my final grade. Well, one of the things that I put in here is story resolution. That's how much I, I consider the ending important. I actually make the story resolution entire category. And this is the first movie to get a 10 out of 10. I think the first time I only gave it an eight or nine, but today after seeing it again, I raised it to a 10. It's the first movie to get a 10 since Avengers Infinity War. And again, Dave, I know you don't agree with that, but that was the last movie I gave a 10 for story resolution. And the movie that I gave a 10 before that was The Martian. Uh, and so we're talking about two movies that I gave A pluses to. So, uh, yeah, the resolution of this movie is great. It, it, so it's not just while you're going. It's like, yeah, this is a great ride. You're going to get a great resolution at the end, too. Okay. Okay. I want to push back just a little, and this is not me diminishing this movie in that I thought it was great. I will stand by it, and you'll hear my score at the end, um, and I really think people could go see it. And I do want to see it again just to see if my opinion changes. I did feel that the ending, to me, was just slightly predictable. Because of that, it, it, it didn't have the emotional impact that I, I think it would have had on, on like Todd. Um, there was, there was a lot of it that I could just kind of see coming and, and see how that was going to resolve. And, and so it diminished just a little bit for me, but not enough that, you know, I mean, hey, sometimes movies are predictable. It's, it's not even that bad. You, you kind of, I go into, I would rather have a predictable ending knowing that the good guys are going to win than what they do sometimes with movies, which is try to be like, Oh, we're going to like blow your mind and you're not going to be able to predict. And the way that we're going to do it is look, we're going to have the bad guy win. And it just kind of sucks. I would rather have the predictable good ending than the non-predictable sucky ending. So, so it didn't diminish it for me, but I did find it just a tiny bit predictable. Preston, what'd you think of the ending? If you paid attention in ninth grade English at all, none of the things that happen in this movie are going to catch you by surprise. Every, everything is there for you to see. Right. You know, I, I think, again, we we pay off the character arc of almost the entire cast. Uh, you know, like, there's one character that still has, like, unresolved things. Beyond that, everyone has a character arc that is completed at its core it's a be a better dad movie that has been some of the best storytelling that i've seen when it comes to movies in the past few years and granted some of the movies i'm about to name drop are a little older but like train to busan uh one cut of the dead 
both of those are great dad movies. And, and I'm not saying that, like, saying it as this is what dads watch. It's just this is a story about being a dad. All, all three of those, all three of these movies are about being a dad. And you get a really satisfying story out of that. Yeah. And to kind of elaborate on what Preston said, but then also to push back on your pushback, Dave. I would say that for one thing, I'm not sure I really predicted anything in this movie. So I don't know if I would consider it predictable, but even if I was kind of maybe halfway guessing in my head, Oh, they might do this. They might do that. There were still some things that caught me by surprise. And even if I had predicted everything, I kind of feel like the things that happened in the movie are the things that needed to happen. So even if I had seen them coming a mile away, if something else had happened, I don't think it would have been as good. I think the stuff that need to happen, happened. So I think it's still a good resolution, regardless of whether it's predictable or not. No, I agree. I think it was a good resolution. I, I, I enjoyed it. I do want to talk about the future. And we, we've started this conversation a little bit. Where do they go from here? Is this franchise worthy? Do we want to see more? And I kind of am, am using this a little bit lightly because... I think the obvious answer is if they could do more D&D movies as good as this, I don't really care how they do it. I say go ahead and keep doing them. But I I think more in that kind of vein of a franchise, kind of like Avengers, things like that. Are we going to take these characters into the future and and try to build a, a Disney empire off of them or a Dungeons and Dragons empire or whatever? Or do we say that's a wrap? And it was so good. We just want to kind of let this be there and not taint it with a sequel or a prequel or a whatever that, that would come along. Do you guys have an opinion? What do you think? Do we want, do we want more of this or in what vein do you kind of want more of this or less of this? I think Preston might have the strongest feelings on this. I, I want to read right. I enjoyed this movie. I think it's a great blockbuster. I feel like it hits all the beats it needs to hit. It does everything it needs to do. That said, let it be one movie. Let the fans grab hold of this. Let them make it their own. Let them fill up all of the fan fiction boards that have ever existed with art stories and like video game edits, everything. Let, let this be one great move. The worst thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that it's so successful. Yeah, that's true. Because now everything has to be a franchise. Everything has to have a book, a movie, a TV show. Just let it be one thing. Let it be this one thing and let it just find the audience and just have people saying, yeah, that was a good movie. We don't need sequels. We don't need more. But this is good. Okay. This is self-contained. If I'm honest, most of the characters are like, their stories are done. I don't know what else you do with them. There's the stories are finished. Todd, what do you think? Any differing opinion or saying? Well, I think my opinion might be somewhere in between your two opinions. Cause Dave, you're saying you don't care how they do it as long as they do it right. 
I kind of feel that way too. As long as the quality is there, the planning is there, the good writing is there, then I don't care how they do it. Whether they come out with another movie and it's a whole different team. And this time it's a ranger, a monk and a, and a wizard or a warlock or something like that. And it's a different team doing a different thing. Fine. As long as that one is also written just as well, if not better than this one. And I do kind of agree with Preston that yes, there was a lot of closure in this movie, a lot of character paths that kind of, I won't say reach an end because life goes on, but they kind of, they kind of get to a certain stopping point. At the same time, you could say that about a lot of movies and other things like Star Wars A New Hope. That could have been just a standalone movie, but they ended up turning that into a trilogy and then the trilogy turned into franchising. Yes, of course, along the way, they got some bad movies along the way, but a lot of people believe Empire Strikes Back to be the best Star Wars movie and that came second. So they could do the same thing here and they could totally crash and burn too. It could go either direction and that's the risk. But as long as they do it right, I would be okay seeing another movie with the same team going on and and doing more things. Uh, We didn't talk about quibbles, but one of my quibbles is that, you know, I already kind of mentioned that they kind of got away from the game a little bit too. One of the things they did differently from the game is that in this movie, the bard is not magical, which granted you can be a musician and and not be magical, but in the game, a bard is a full uh, spellcaster. Also, uh, the druid uh, used wild shape, but didn't really use anything else. But in the game, a druid is also a full spellcaster. So this movie didn't delve that much into magic. We had the sorcerer, but he was kind of not great at it. And then we also had a paladin, and he used a little bit of magic. And granted, in the game, he's kind of a half-caster. This movie was basically just low on magic. Well, in the next movie, they could go to the next step when it comes to using magic. And they could kind of go to the next step on where these characters are kind of uh, in their place in society. And, you know, we kind of got a glimpse at their personalities. We could go to the next step in their personalities. There is, I think there are places to go with the same team. And maybe it doesn't have to be the same team. Maybe you cherry pick and take one or two of the characters, put them together with one or two new characters, and you still form a new team, but you still have an attachment to the first movie. There are all kinds of things you could do. Like I said, as long as you do it right. And I think nowadays, so much of that depends on planning and writing. And I see so many franchises that don't do a great job at planning and writing that I just say, you know, just get into a room, hash it out, maybe consult a few people, do it the right way. And whether it's new team, old team, half and half, whatever. Yeah, it can be done right. It can be done wrong. Just try your best to do it right. And I wouldn't mind seeing more from from this same team, uh, both behind the scenes and on camera in the future. Okay, okay. I'm with you. The draw when you sit down and play D&D is to have a fun session. But just about every game master will tell you that their ultimate goal is to, can I change that session that's fun into a campaign that's just as fun? Mm -hmm. And you're going to have elements in the campaign that some people really like, and you may have some elements that some people don't like. But you want it to be more than just that one shot. In some ways, I kind of look at this, now it was a full story. But a one shot is a full story, um, and it had great resolution. 
But I would say I would I am up for a campaign if this if they have a campaign in mind and I hope they do that I hope there's more story to tell. And I think kind of to just piggyback on what you're saying, Todd, I think the goal is if you have more story to tell, let's tell it and I'm on I'm in for the ride. Don't just make up a story to try to make money off the cash cow. Um, if you don't have a story, then there's no point. Just end it. You're fine. It was great. Yeah. We're not going to argue with you. But if you have more story to tell, I want to hear more of the story. You've done a good job so far. And so let's keep going. Uh, but sometimes maybe that story does involve other characters. You know, hey, maybe there's a, a campaign or a story idea, kind of like the MCU, that they're wanting to bring in some other characters to get another point of view for another part of the story. And then maybe in the future, we combine the, the parties and we have an ultimate, you know, Avengers assemble and all the D&D people from different, you know, join. I don't know. It works when you have a story to tell. So my biggest thing is, if you've got a story to tell, I want to hear it. I want to go along with you on the the ride. But don't try to just say, hey, that worked. Now let's just throw another something together. If it's not a full story and you're not really into it and it wasn't there to begin with, don't force it. Because that's when it, uh, it gets ugly. And we can all tell. And it's kind of funny. Coming up, we're going to be reviewing a movie that that movie and its franchise demonstrates oh, yeah. both of the things that we're saying all at once. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're laughing, so I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, so, yeah. uh, I, I, so I won't go into spoilery details, but one of the movies that we're going to be reviewing soon is Highlander. Without saying how or why, let's just say that that should have been – that it, it had a certain element of being – self-contained as well, like super self-contained. It should have been only one movie. And of course they made more movies and they all sucked, but they also made the TV show and the TV show lasted six seasons. And I love the TV show. And I would say, I love it even more than the movie. So that is the danger in the stone and dragons thing is it could go either way. They could do a second movie and it could be like Empire Strikes Back and it could be even better than this movie. Or they could turn into Highlander and they'll get worse. Or it could turn into Highlander and be halfway in between where, yes, it'll get worse. But then somewhere amongst the crap, they'll do like a diamond in the rough and it'll be another good movie. You never know. It's That's why I just say people need to sit down in in it in a room with some smart people, writers, producers, whoever it needs to be, maybe even some fans, maybe even some people who have seen the movie, just somebody and figure out what worked in this movie. How can we take that next next step without repeating ourselves in terms of like hitting the same beats again, like let's hit some new story beats, but without the thing crumbling apart. Like how do we, how do we do it right? And then don't plan on doing the movie until you've got that, like get the script first. I wouldn't want them to just say, Hey, this was a success. We made some money. Let's green light a new one. No, no, no. Come up with the idea first, then green light it. But that might be, be that, that might be naive of me. That might not be the way Hollywood works. Yeah. I think that's us like 
trying to tell them how to do their job, which they're not mm. going to listen to because they're smart and they have money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to rate this. Does anybody have any other things they want to say about it before we kind of just give it our ratings and, and let people kind of go from there? I've made my case. I appreciate it. I talked about the druid being my favorite character, and I hinted that the ending of the movie was really big to me. I would say that the druid, again, no spoilers, I won't say what it is, but the druid gets a great moment in that ending. I, I, I love it. Some things <laughs> that more movies need to do when they're reaching the end of their their conflict or their climax, they, they, they need to do, and the druid did it. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think we've done a pretty good job. Um, hopefully we didn't spoil anything for you. I mean, I don't know that we try. Well, I feel like the information that we gave you, you can almost get from the trailer. So I feel okay with that because <laughs> I mean, hopefully you've watched the trailer. It looks cool. But if we missed up something and, and ruined something for you, we apologize. Please let us know. Um, you know, hey, if you like us doing these kind of reviews, then hey hit us up send us an email at discerninggeeks at gmail.com make sure you rate our podcast rate us up talk to us among your friends let them know about us uh make comments on whatever pod chaser or podcast listening platform that you use and then follow us on facebook the discerning geeks portal podcast on Facebook, and then also on Twitter, at Discerning Geeks. We appreciate all your support and your listening. At this point, we'll roll for our initiative so that we oh, can each okay. rate this movie. Ratings. Five. Ooh, a 13, which is much better than a four. four. Ooh. I get to go first. I think I said this many times, so I'm repeating myself, but yes, go see this movie, pay some money. I mean, if you're, if you need to, to see it cheaply, you know, go to a matinee, save you a few bucks. This is one that we want to make. I want them to make a lot of money, not so they'll necessarily make more movies just to make movies, but because it's good and it's worth watching. It'll be one that when it comes out on video, I'm sure I'll buy so that I have it on my shelf and I can watch when I want or on my digital catalog at this point. You know what? Oh, goodness. I, I almost want to give it a 10. It's tempting. I really do because, but I can't decide if my, my desire for the 10 is just because the, the I've been in the desert for so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody could hand you sewer water, and you're still going to be like, "Oh, this is so good." Gross. <laughs> but this is not the case. It is good. I, it's just hard to know. You know, am I am I a little skewed because of, of the drought of bad stuff that's or not good stuff that's been coming out for so long? I think I'm going to stick with a nine point five because. I think I will stick with a 9.5. And I think that's definitely, it, it earns every bit of that. Um, there may be a time when I get the chance to see it again, and I may go like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give it that extra half point, and it gets the 10. But for right now, I get the 9.5 out of 10. Who is next? That's me. 
All right, Todd. And I have a similar reaction. Uh, part of the way through seeing it the first time, I started thinking, wow, this is going to get no less than a B plus. And then I cried at the end. I was like, oh, it gets no less than an A minus. And I walked out thinking it's an A minus. Went in today, enjoyed it again. No huge problems with it. You know, I've got maybe a few little nitpicks and quibbles that we didn't have time to go over. Uh, But for the most part, this is a solid movie. Cried even more at the end. I got home, readjusted some things in my spreadsheet. I bumped it up to an A. So like you, I I, I can't quite get it to an A plus, but man, it gets close. It's an A. And as far as the movies that we have reviewed, this is now number 10. Dave, I'm sorry. That means it kicks real steel out of the top 10. Oh, wow. (laughs) But if, if it's any consolation, A Knight's Tale has already been out of the top 10 for a while, and that hurts too. Yeah. That's another one of those movies where I'm like, how is that not in the top 10? But I can't help it. Blame Lord of the Rings because that's three movies. Yeah. The Geeks reviewed A Knight's Tale and Real Steel in episodes two and four of this podcast. They also made a two-parter out of the Lord of the Rings trilogy in episodes 66 and 67. So, yeah, it's number 10 out of just the movies that we we review for the podcast. And out of all my movies, like on my entire spreadsheet, it's in the top 30. Nice. All right, Preston, where you got us? So uh, a few episodes back, we reviewed Conan. Uh-huh. And I said that Conan kicked off an entire generation of sword and sandals movies. Yep. This is on the same level as Conan, but for a different audience. Conan is very much a guy movie. It's... It's for dudes and, and teenagers that sneak in because they hear there's blood and boobs. This is very much a family sword and sandals movie that hits all the notes so that everyone that's in the family has something to latch on to. And with that, it's four stars. Nice. Out of five. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I didn't even mention that, but. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing in this movie that would have shy me away from taking the kids, and and so I I will I was I, I think it is I think it's a great kind of everybody movie, and I think everybody can find something to enjoy on it. So that's a good point. I didn't even mention that. So there is obviously a little bit of violence. A little bit. But yeah. they kind of sanitize that by not making it very bloody. And there is quite a bit of profanity, but it's not any sexual words and not the F word. Right. But it is kind of surprising how much they use all the other words. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're super sensitive to even the milder profanity, this movie's got that. I'll have to admit. Also, there are a few zombies. So. There are some zombies. Yeah. And it, so if you've got any issues with uh, undead stuff, yeah, it's got quite a bit of that, too. All right, gentlemen, I think that sums up our kind of spoiler-free review of the new Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie. Uh, Had a great time watching it with you guys, and had a great time discussing it afterwards, and and then, of course, doing this podcast. It's always a blast, so appreciate you guys joining me. For our listeners out there, support the great 
geek culture that is Dungeons and Dragons by watching this movie. But even if you don't like it, continue to enjoy whatever makes you a discerning geek. Guys, I appreciate it and have a wonderful weekend. Yeah, thank you for listening. Salutations. Of course, I said weekend, and I think it's Sunday night. <laughs> wonderful week. <laughs> and may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>